I'm changing some of the details <clears throat> to protect this person's privacy, but I want to tell you the story of somebody I know who was uh, a person of deep faith um, in a God who loved her, loved us all, and would intervene in human affairs to help us. She prayed to this God as her family did and drew much strength from those prayers. And then her beloved older brother got very sick and her prayers intensified. Please make him well. She prayed, the family prayed, they gave him all the care that they could, they got him the best medical care that they could, but he got sicker and her prayers became more desperate. Please, please, he's a good person and he's so young. He mustn't die now. But her brother died. And on top of the tremendous burden of grief that fell upon her came also a crisis of faith, a crisis of her world view. Because up until then, she'd, she'd thought of the world as a place where prayer would help, would fix something like this, where good people who prayed sincerely would not hear no answer from their God, or worse, hear the answer, no, no, I'm not going to help. So prayer was cast into doubt. God was cast into doubt. At the suggestion of our Committee on Ministry, I'm um, giving several sermons over the course of, on and off over the course of the next few months, on different parts of the service and why we do what we do. And I thought I'd jump right into one of the thorniest theological problems embedded in our service, which is right there in the ritual that we call caring and sharing, that many congregations, communities of faith call pastoral prayers or the prayers of the people especially that part when we have shared and then we have this silent time of, as I invite you, prayer or meditation. This is a hard question for people like my friend and many people gathered here. What does that time even mean? To whom are we praying? And what do we expect to happen? And what are we to make of the fact that sometimes the things that we pray for don't happen at all. The writer Annie Lamott um, says, oversimplifying a bit, but we'll give her poetic, poetic license, that there are really just three kinds of prayer that we all need to know about. They can be summed up in three words. Wow, thanks, and help. Now, wow, I think, comes pretty easily to us, no matter what our theology. I mean, we look around this beautiful world, we look at the workings of our own bodies and, and the trees and the sky, and we say, wow. And it doesn't really matter to us whether anybody is listening. We're just amazed, and sometimes it just bursts out of us, aloud or in song or just privately in our own hearts. Wow. Thanks.
thanks is a little more complicated. Thanks are usually, you know, directed to somebody. And if we don't know that there's any body, any being behind the wonders for which we're thankful, it may sound a little strange to say thank you. Thank you for the trees and the sky and thank you for my return to health. Well, what does that even mean? But many of us wish to just practice gratitude and so we don't worry too much about who might be actually listening and whom, whom we're thanking or what we're thanking. But then help. Help is a tough one. The prayer help presupposes a response, a hope of a response, right? Someone is listening who could conceivably want to help us. And so what do we do if we're not sure if there is any such person? If like my friend, we were sure, and yet this being has let us down. We don't want to <coughs> be so callous as to look around the world and say, well, the people who have good fortune and are healthy and happy and they have their families and their relationships are good, they have enough to eat and all of that, they must uh, pray well or they must be good people. They, this world is just because somebody is in charge and answering prayers. No, really, any kind of look around the world tells us that's not the way it works. Some prayers are going unanswered that we can't imagine why that would be if there were anybody who loved us who could answer them. There are lots of theological answers to that, Um, some more convincing perhaps to you than others. But that's not actually where I want to go today. I want to think about an assumption that I think most of us have here, regardless of our theology, if we're Unitarian Universalists, even if we're Christians, even if we pray to God, that we don't think of prayer as like a magic wish. We don't think of God as a great big genie, the biggest genie of them all, who will meet all of our needs and answer all of our prayers as we might wish. So the question remains, Is there any reason to say, in the middle of our service, help on our own behalf or on behalf of the people around us, behalf of those we love? So I'd like to ask for a moment, um, if you're comfortable sharing, because I realize this is a very personal and intimate matter. So only if you want to share, um, would you post in the chat, um, what do you do during that silent time? of caring and sharing. What, how, how do you use that time when I invite prayer or meditation? And I'll share it aloud for those for whom that's a better way to, um, to hear it. Any thoughts? Pamela, Pamela sure gets way ahead of the question I was going to ask next and say she doesn't know what to do with herself. I was going to ask, um, and maybe you can all put it on, on um, gallery view for a moment so you can see the, say the response. People could wave or, you know, click the little electronic hand. If you kind of do nothing but wait for the silence to be over. Oh, thank you. Tim is changing it for me too so I can see how many people say... Uh, Say yes to that. 
That's okay. I'm seeing some hands up. I you don't know what to do. Okay, Pamela, you are not alone. What else do people do? Oh, I see a few new responses there. Can I see what's in the chat? Can you scroll down the chat for me, Tim? You've got a few new messages. Oh, people are popping up. Uh, Barbara Smith-Thomas feels her connection with the people around her. Issa is thinking of all the people in a tough spot. You know, it's the people who shared concerns that are particularly um, hard to reach out to, right? Joys are, of course, we share our joys. But, um, I saw Carl or Karen shared something before. Edie sends mental good wishes to those who come to her mind, who are within need. Uh, in need, Ed uh, shares, reflects on what's been said, sends loving thoughts. Uh, Kathy says she tries to feel compassion. So we have a lot of that. Theta says she prays, which is to think about what's been said and send out meditation and good thoughts. I think I might have missed some, but thank you so much, everybody, for sharing these. Um, and, you know, carry on. Um, Michelle says she believes in prayer, so it's a quiet space to remember and make a choice for prayer or feel a sense of unity. Um, Drew says, uh, he phrases his quote-unquote prayer as may so-and-so be well. Um, so much. Oh, lovely, lovely, thank you. So, um, and carry on sharing that with each other as you wish. Um, maybe that gives uh, those of you who sit and wonder um, something that you can do with that time. Um, but let's see if we can help a little bit more about that. You know, I think whether we started out um, like our my friend with having um, a, a fairly simple view of if I ask for this sincerely and I'm basically a good person, God will answer my prayers. Um, whether we started there or not, I think often uh, what the result is of our complicated feelings about this kind of prayer is that we don't pray at all. Um, as I think she did not pray for a while when she started to wonder, what's the point? And I think there is quite a lot of point, even if we are pretty sure that there is no great genie um, who is going to answer our prayers, or that if there is a great creator and guide of this universe, um, they're not necessarily in going to interfere in ourselves, our relationships, our war-torn countries in order to make things come out better. Even with all of that grief, there are certain needs that we have that prayer can still fill. A need for comfort, for connection, for, as Gandhi said, expressing our longing. Just the longing, I, I, I wish that you could be healed. I wish I could fix your broken heart. As he also said, expressing our weakness, just admitting, he said every day, some people do it many times a day, let us do it at least once a week, admitting our weakness, say, I don't know what to do. To have that practice of saying, I don't know, I have hit my limit. Help, help. Now, I think that these things are important. And that prayer, if we understand it in a more 
broad and gentle way can meet these needs. And I'm laughing at myself for quoting a Madeleine Langle book uh, two weeks in a row. This time I'm quoting from um, a, a book called A Ring of Endless Light where um, the family she's writing about, uh, this is fiction, the family she's writing about is struggling. Um, people they know have died or are dying. And um, they're generally people of faith. And their faith is tested right now. So as they're talking about the terrible things that are happening and what is the whole point of praying, the mother says, to one of the children, prayer was never meant to be magic. And the child says, sulkily and angrily and really understandably, then what good is it? And the mother says, it's an act of love. When we hold one another in that silence, it is an act of love. We are making room in our hearts for love for one another. And that, I believe, does make a difference. We need a practice of reminding ourselves of that love, of that connection, of the need between us, and the fact that we don't know what to do for ourselves, for the people we love, for the people who have spoken of heartache and loss and grief and fear right there in our service. As Abraham Joshua Heschel said, it's, it's not that prayer is going to rebuild a ruined city, but maybe if we take the time, if we have a practice of saying, my city needs help, then we will have the strength and the resolution to do something about it. Maybe it, it, it can't mend a wall, but we could feel our spirits mending by just saying, I long to be able to help, and then reaching out in some way. It's about a practice that will give us the strength to act as Jacob and Esperanza acted under the impression that they were giving something to God, a God they weren't even sure they believed in, and they couldn't understand why the bread disappeared, but they were just going to carry on. A strength to act. The laudamos te that we just heard just before um, the sermon, that's music, Vivaldi helping to express this sense of wonder and praise. And when we hear it, do we not also feel a, an an increased sense of wonder, how good it is to be alive in this world with that beautiful music. It gives us the energy, prayer catching on from soul to soul, if you will. If you will. And that, that song that we sang at the beginning, that old, old song, Down in the Valley, in the depths of enslavement, people prayed that song. They knew as well as people can possibly know that a prayer does not mean your troubles vanish, that God just sends down a, a bolt and fixes everything for you. They knew that. Maybe the prayer was their way of having strength to get through this situation 
when they did not know where the help was going to come from. <sighs> Jacob and Esperanza baked bread because it was what they could do. And I'm with the rabbi. You don't need a miracle to feed your family from, to come from God if the people around you are offering you bread. I like to think, and I'm quite sure, even though the story ends where I ended it, that they went on baking bread for the people in their community who were hungry. Just as Pablo said, I don't need this anymore. Can I pass the gift along? Jacob and Esperanza had learned that they were doing the work that made people's prayers come true. That Pablo had prayed for help and he received it. Thanks to them. This is what we do when we come together. People speak their vulnerabilities, their fears, their illnesses, their griefs, their worries. And they come bringing them silently as well. And with this time, our pastoral prayers, our caring and sharing, we are saying, I also don't know what to do. I admit my weakness. I wish I could just fix everything for you. I don't know how to do that. I don't think it's possible. But here are some things I can do. I can reach out with a card or a call. I can go by after the service and just make eye contact or put a hand on a shoulder if that's welcome and say, I'm sorry, because we know that really helps. It doesn't make it all go away. They're, we are not magic genies, but it helps. It's the miracle that we can work. The rabbi is right. We can't see the works of God's hands if there is a God who is working works with God's hands, but we have the works of our own hands. And although that can't fix everything, it's as miraculous as life gets. Friends, let's be miracle workers.